Hello, everybody. Good evening. Do we know if we're live? Is this thing working? Uh, yeah, you know, um, if you are, are watching this, this is something that is happening right now. Uh, welcome to Prospects After Dark. I don't have any idea at all if this is going through. Um, I'm doing it a little bit different than normal. Normally, we have the phone going. And we also have uh, the, the computer going, and the computer, when the computer is going, the computer is going to YouTube Live, uh, and when the phone is going, the phone is going to Twitter, but I'm doing everything through StreamYard right now, hoping that we get um, a pretty straightforward um, experience, something a little more cohesive. The issue there is if we do it, if we do it that, we will get a whole like viewership participation. Oh, I think my computer's freaking out, honestly. Um, the participation. So that's where we're at. I'm, I'm already starting to dribble on and drag on and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. But uh, we'll go ahead and get into it. Our good friend, Sir, over on YouTube. And again, uh, go to YouTube, do YouTube Live. That's how you're going to be able to participate in our little adventure tonight. Uh, Beaster says, hey, Kyle, long-time listener, many-time questioner. Got a question already. Feels like every year the Birds lose a guy on the top 30 prospects to go play in Asia. Who do you think that will be, and why is it Luke and Baker? You know, that's a great uh, it's a great question. That's a good direction. Uh, I think uh, if it would be Luke and Baker, I think it's all about opportunity, right? Like, there's the best chance for him to actually make some money and play some baseball. Um, who's another... You know, Lucan is not particularly old. Who's like another older player? Maybe Chase Pinder. Maybe Chase Pinder gets a chance to go to a foreign land and uh, enjoy the benefits of other baseball leagues. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, we're long overdue for that, right? We haven't had a Jose Martinez uh, go off. We haven't had um, Ron Hell Ravello. Uh, we it's been a while since we've had one of them. So yeah, yeah, that's where we're at. Um, uh, anyways, let me start over because we kind of got into this in a very drab way. Again, I am, I've had better weeks. I've had better days. I am tired. I am beat. Um, and, oh, by the way, our good friend Cardinals Gifts says, mm, hello, Gifts. How are you? Um, how, how is this thing coming through? Um, you know, the good news is, for me, if we don't have a whole lot of participation, then I can go to bed. Uh, I can turn on some basketball or some hockey. I those are winning four to two, and uh, we can we can uh, we can get into it that way. But uh, so we'll start over. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Prospects After Dark. I'm your host. I'm Kyle Reese. Um, I am sorry that we didn't do any ridiculous singing to get started. Uh, I just don't have that in me tonight. Um, but yeah, look, I want to talk about stuff, right? Uh, I probably should be a little bit more prepared for this. I probably should have a plan in place to talk about Jordan Walker or talk about Nolan Gorman. Talk about the pitching situation or Adam Wainwright. The news today, the big news today is Adam Wainwright's going to miss weeks and weeks uh, as he nurses a, a groin back to health. Or uh, talk about Wilking Rodriguez and how he's going to miss the start of the year because of shoulder soreness. Um, but truth be told, that's not really how I operate. So hopefully you guys get involved and uh, we can talk it over. If not, I'll ramble for a little while and then we'll, we'll go about our business. You know, I want to remind everybody that Ben Cerruti over on Birds in the Black is putting out his projections. Check that out. Uh, the Dirty 50 is on over there, too. Cardinals Gifts and I have some work to do that. Um, I also want to remind everybody that, um, uh, I guess not remind everybody, but tell everybody that we had a pretty big error in the Dirty 50. 
that uh, has been corrected for me. And it's not Jimmy Crooks the third. Uh, you know, my a top 10 prospect for me in the Cardinals organization, it's Jimmy Crooks the second. Uh, uh, even though MILB has Jimmy Crooks the third, and Jimmy Crooks the third, and Jimmy Crooks the third, um, it is Jimmy Crooks the second. But again, check out Birds on the Black. Now, our good friend Mac Wake says, Oh, come on. Hey, Kyle. Oh, come on. I'm having computer problems. Hey, Kyle, how's it going, man? It's going well, Mac Wake. How are you, bud? Thanks for being here as always. Uh, but real fast, our Mac Wake on Twitter has been putting out, he's been doing uh, like 30 days of music, and it's been incredible. There's some Lauren Hill in there. There, I mean, it was just what you've been doing, I've been loving, man. Keep that up. I love that. Uh, the Grave of Einstein says, uh, Helsley used to throw his change a lot more in the minors. Should he use it more? Uh, is it not that great of a pitch? Well, you know, that's a tough question for me to answer because I've always been a big fan of the four-pitch mix that Helsley threw. I like the fastball curve cutter change that he threw. I like that as a starter. And I've one of the things I've talked about a lot, Grave of Einstein, is it seemed like there was a time there where a Cardinal rookie would come up. They would focus on that pitcher, uh, his two best pitches, if he was pitching out of the bullpen. And he wouldn't really throw anything other than those two pitches. And I think that hurt a lot of pitchers' development. Now, it's tough to say, hey, this kid needs to come and he needs to throw his change. But, yeah, look, I want to see I want to see him throw his change up more and get a chance to throw his curveball a little bit more. We saw that, that be the curveball be a little bit of the success, lend itself to success last year. So hopefully that continues for him. Hopefully he can change up. He can use that change up. Hopefully he can use his entire arsenal because I think that helps. You know, it's the Jordan Hicks of it all, too. Jordan Hicks comes up and he's fastball slider, fastball slider. Never mind that he worked on a changeup for years, and that was that was vicious sometimes, and a curveball, and then a couple years in the major leagues and shoulder issues, or you know, uh, uh, elbow issues, and getting healthy, and you know, it's hard to rediscover those pitches, especially a changeup, because a changeup is such a feel pitch, right? So you know, my thought is, if he has a feel for it, then yeah, he should definitely get a chance to throw it, and spring training would be the time to throw it, but. You know, the, the awesome thing about Ryan Helsley is that he's good enough that he can get away with just probably throwing a fastball cut or fastball slider or whatever uh, and, and be just fine. Mike Kurtz says, hey, Kyle, uh, have heard anything about or seen Logan Sawyer? Haven't heard his name since he signed. Yeah, I thought for sure that we would get a Logan Sawyer's uh, sighting in spring training. And we haven't. And it's funny, right, because we just watched Team Japan. Uh, win a championship in the World Baseball Classic, carving teams up with the split finger. And that's one of the pitches that Logan Sawyer throws. I think the Cardinals hopefully are going to capitalize on that. Uh, the Frontier League pitcher that uh, was highlighted by Pitching Ninja that the Cardinals signed in the offseason, 27-year-old right-handed reliever, um, mostly fastball splitter change, throws a slider in there. But yeah, look, I thought for sure he'd get some time, but instead, you know, uh, and it was fun, and I'm glad that he got it, and he did the most with it, but Instead, we've seen um, other players. You know, I was going to bring up Tink Hens, but I don't want to feel like like I'm glad that he got that opportunity. It was an awesome thing. But, like, I would have liked for some of these higher-level arms to have gotten some of those innings because now look at what we have. We have bullpen issues that are that might happen because now we're having starter issues. We're starting to see some of the pitching depth uh, chipped away at. So that's kind of where we're at. And uh, I, hopefully, hopefully in the next week we see him. As our good friend Cardinals Reek says on Twitter, like it would have been nice if we get to see a little bit more Guillermo Zuniga as well over the next week. Give some of these guys that might have been at the World Baseball Classic or have been exiled to other um, other parts of camp, whether it be minor league camp or uh, 
you know, off of the the, the spring non-roster and right-tee roster. Like, I want to see some of these guys in the last week, see if some of them can earn a spot in the bullpen. Scott Lithgow says, Kyle, you're the man. Thanks for the show. I raise my glass to you, sir. Where should King Kent start the year and how long until the Cardinals force him in the bullpen? Uh, to you. So uh, what I have here is I have a Moscow mule uh, with a little bit of cherry juice in it. To you, gifts. To you, Scott Lithgow. To the uh, to the Cardinal fans and to the pad people who are in here. I'm already halfway through that, so that's fucked. Um, I think he'll start at Peoria. I wouldn't be surprised if Hens starts at Springfield. I'd kind of like for them to get aggressive with them. They've been aggressive with them in spring training. I wouldn't be surprised if that follows. But I think that it makes sense to start at Peoria. Um, and how long before he's a force in the bullpen role? Well, if you follow uh, tradition, it probably won't take that long, I wouldn't think. Um, maybe by the end of the week. Um, Cards Cookie. Hello, Cards Cookie. How are you? Hi, Kyle. How concerned are you about Jordan Walker's shoulder? Seems to be affecting his hitting the last few uh, days. Well, I have a pretty good authority that um, uh, Mr. Walker, Mr. Jordan Walker's shoulder is a non-issue. Now, I haven't watched every game, but I, I, what I will say is after he had the two-home run game, uh, then we saw him getting really aggressive about swinging at first-pitch fastballs. And that's how he got a couple hits off of um, – oh, who did he get the two? Oh, uh, Garrett Cole. Two first-pitch fastballs that he went after, the one hit – uh, and then, since then, we started to see him do the. We started to see teams attack him a little bit differently. He's not getting as many fastballs. He's getting a lot of junk and a lot of junk low. And those are the things that we talked about to be to keep an eye out for when teams started doing that uh, and, and how he adjusted. And he hasn't quite adjusted yet. So what's going to be interesting in this last week with Jordan Walker is you know I I'm pretty sure his, his shoulder is healthy. I feel confident in that assessment. Um, at least to him, it's healthy. And maybe that's what matters more than anything. What's going to be interesting is how he continues to adapt to being pitched backwards and oftentimes low with breaking pitches because that's not easy. It's not easy at all. And I think that's really where he's at. Uh, and also to to Cards Cookie. And by the way, Cards Cookie, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Uh, to, to, you know, to your point, that's where the beginning of spring and the end of spring are two different things. You know, you... I think this year more so than ever, we've overinvested into early spring results. And I'm only saying this because uh, this isn't about Jordan Walker, okay? This is about everybody. I, I you know, I, I think we overinvested, like even even to what was going on with Jordan Hicks, uh, to Wayno's velocity, you know, um, uh, all, throughout the roster, you know, Brendan Donovan, who's going to be a great major leaguer and no issues, but like even some of the power, I, I had people asking me my and me and my DMs if he could if he was going to hit 20 home runs, and I don't think that that's part of his game. I don't I don't think hunting that power is part of his game. And I think what we're starting to see now is we're starting to see that transition from early spring to the major league season, and I, you're starting to see the way that he would get pitched in season, and he's just struggling. He just hasn't adapted yet. He'll adapt. It might not happen in the next week. It might not happen uh, if he makes it to the major leagues in April. It might happen in April. But I, I think that I think that we're just now starting to see spring training balance out too. And I think that that's uh, that's kind of a po uh, product of of this particular spring training and the very nature of the WBC and how it it interacts with um with spring training. 
Matt Parker says, thoughts on the Freddie Pacheco DFA? Yeah, I didn't like it. I was bummed out by it. You know, it seems like the Cardinals thought that they'd be able to sneak him through waivers um, because of his injury, uh, you know, dealing with some some elbow tightness from what I understand. And they seemed pretty confident that they were going to need an extra 40-man roster spot for whoever that might end up being. But, uh, yeah, look, it's dumb. Uh, it, it's not dumb. That's not fair. It's It's a tough thing to swallow is what it is. Because he never got a chance to make it to the majors, and he never got a chance to show off. And there were times at the end of the year last year where they really could have used that particular, or at least would have done themselves a service to see what that particular arm was capable. And um, now the way we'll find out what it's capable of will be in uh, the Detroit Tigers organization. Are you buying into Matthew Libertor's spring success from Caleb Noble? Hey, Caleb, what's up, bro? Um, by the way, Matt Parker, great question. Carts Cookie, Scott Lithgow, uh, Matt, Mike Kurtz. We've got great questions, great great talk going on tonight. Thank you, everybody, for being here. But Caleb Noble says, I ask, am I buying into Libertor's spring success? And yet, let me say this. like, I'm, I'm buying into it so much that I'm excited about what we've seen. The issue for me has been a sustainability issue. Now, I think it's important that the fastball seems to be profiling a little bit better. It seems to have a little bit more run. To me, that is important. That is a positive. Now, the question is, what happens if the velocity tanks? Uh, I like the fact that he had the velocity. But to have the velocity in spring training and warm weather is, is awesome. It's great. But... I'm excited to revisit the Matthew Libertor conversation in a month and, and have a little bit more informed opinion about Matthew Libertor in a month. Uh, that, But, you know, I would say that entering spring, I don't know if I was in that, even that boat. Like, I don't think I even really cared uh, in regards like that. I, I was more like, whatever you get out of Matthew Libertor, you get out of him. And hopefully it's a lot and maybe it'll be a little and maybe it might not be anything. But I, I'm buying into it so much that I can't wait. Uh, in so much rather that I cannot wait to see what it looks like at Memphis uh, and hopefully gets a chance to really stretch out at Memphis in the coming uh, in the coming month or so that's that's what I'm anxious about and I think I think this spring has restoked some of the excitement and sometimes that's enough for the buy-in uh, Sean Stevens says what can we expect from Zuniga following the hype from the World Baseball Classic look uh, he was probably the best looking Cardinals pitcher involved in the World Baseball Classic uh, the former Dodgers farmhand who has never pitched above double A. You know, what can we expect? I, I'm not going to be able to tell you. I haven't seen enough of him. I went back and I watched a bunch of his relief outings last year. And, you know, he just didn't have command. He didn't really seem focused with his body. He seemed a little lazy with his motions. Uh, and then in September, he started to kind of put it together a little bit. Started to look a little bit more clean in his delivery. So, you know, what can you expect? Well, you can expect a high-grade a high grade fastball and a couple breaking pitches, off-speed pitches that – measure out pretty well. And other than that, it's really just the wait and see. You have to wait and see. You know, that goes back to a second ago, and I didn't see this question then, but um, that goes back to just a second ago when when we mentioned that what we would like to see uh, is him just get some, some innings, some relief innings in this last week of spring training. I think that's important. You know, not just him, but Logan Sawyer and some others. Uh, oh, hold on. Jimmy Fleming says... It's been too long. Uh, it wasn't you. It was me. I miss what we were. Hey, Jimmy Fleming, you know, that's a, boy, that's a story of my life, isn't it? Hold on. I'm trying to, so I'm in bed and I'm trying to sit down and 
I've got this tray table and it's kind of fucked. And I'll be honest, I, I feel awkward as fuck being in my room right now. I'm not used to doing pad like half sitting down. So I'm kind of like straddling the side of my bed with a leg hanging off and trying to find a way to put my legs so it doesn't look like I'm giving birth. Um, by the way, man, I had a great ball movement when I got home. Sorry, it just it seemed natural. But hey, look, it is always me. I am always the issue in every relationship, even when the relationship is with uh, an entire community. Uh, but Jimmy Fleming, welcome back to Pat. Uh, I also have uh, a yingling, the, the traditional lager to, uh, to everybody. That's a big drink. Mac Wick says, if Kyle loves my music, then that means I'm doing it right. Appreciate the love. No, Mac. Look, you know, I don't uh, I don't get into the football stuff as much. But I love your account. I've, been, I've really enjoyed following you. And uh, my plan is once you get through your music cycle, uh, you know, my, my girlfriend lives about an hour and a half away. Sometimes it's a little over two hours when I drive from work. And um, I, I'm going to listen to the music all the way there, man. Like, I, I'm really looking forward to that. That's that's my plan. You should put together like a, um, a Spotify playlist or something. I, I'd listen to it. Hey, Rojo says, hope you're well. Uh, these pad times make me feel like I'm back in St. Louis after moving to Iowa. Uh, really brings me some joy. That is all. Ryan, uh, so um, I, I'm going to raise my Moscow mule to you. And my miss running into you at Comet, my friend. Uh, you're an awesome dude. I hope everything is awesome in Iowa for you. I hope you uh, you have an exorbitant amount of happiness there that trumps any amount of happiness that you had in St. Louis, bud. You're an awesome dude, uh, and uh, hopefully we'll run into you somewhere down the line, my friend. Uh, again, yeah, I, nothing but the best for you. Uh, Jesse, Jesse, we need to cook. I think Hetz will be a great ball player. Yeah, look, this is awesome. This is a very straight line, down to the point. Uh, let's not get too involved here. I think Tink Hentz, Markevian Hentz will be a great ball player. I couldn't agree more, man. I like It's all about health, right? It all just comes down to health. And it's not just because of him and his size or whatever. That's with all these pitchers. It really just comes down to health, you know. Uh, uh, so yes, I to, to Tink Hens, Marquis and Hens, like what an awesome and exciting arm to have in the organization. I know that uh, Gordon Graceffo has struggled a little bit during spring training. Uh, maybe has some velocity. Maybe he just isn't the same right now. Maybe things are just kind of needing in, in need of, twi- uh, of uh, tweaking. But between Jerpy and Hens and Graceffo. Like, there's just a chance to have something exciting with those three. And, you know, maybe Graceffo ends up just being a bullpen arm. I, I don't know. You know, you guys know I think he has a chance to be a bulldog Lance Lynn type. But his command's probably got to get better to get there. Uh, even for somebody who throws strikes the way that he does. Or, you know, there's some tipping issues still that it sounds like he needs to work on. Um, but anyways, whatever it is, like, I still think that he can be something special. And Markevian Hans and Cooper Jerpy and... And uh, um, Gordon Graceffo, at the very least, I have a chance to be high end. And maybe maybe Michael McGreevy uh, changes his fastballs and he can become that too. Maybe he, maybe we found that next step for Matthew Libertor. Um, you know, look, Jake Woodford is a perfect example of all you need to do is change a couple things to have success. You know, Woodford's fastball was inconsistent. His command was shoddy. He would not attack the zone, and his slider was trash. And the Cardinals worked on the slider. He worked on the slider. He became more attack-oriented, and because of that, he's going to be a starter uh, because of injury for the Cardinals entering the 2023 season. And honestly, 
it's got people excited in a weird way, which would not have happened a year ago or two years ago. So you, this is why you never give up on a player and you never give up on a prospect. Uh, uh, and again, this is all because of Tim Kentz, who is a player that we have not given up on and a player that we are super excited about. But just to say that, like, man, baseball, especially for pitchers, is ever-evolving, ever-changing. The ones who continue to change themselves are and, and develop are the ones that can go from mediocrity to success in a season, an off-season. Jeff Niehaus. Oh, Jeff, hey, your little icon is awesome. I love that. To Jeff Niehaus, I raise my yingling. Ah, love you, Jeff. Uh, Cameron Niesler says, good to see you, Kyle. Hope you're doing well. Cameron, um, uh, it is a pleasure to be here. Uh, thank you for being a part of this. And uh, I hope everybody's having fun tonight. Get yourself a drink. Relax. Let's talk about the 40-man a little bit. Let's talk about some other nonsense. And, uh, yeah, whatever you guys want to talk about, we're here for it. I'm glad you're here. Uh, uh, that makes me happy. The Grave of Einstein says, all right, Kyle, Blockbuster just updated their website to hint towards a revival. How many times a day are you going to your local Blockbuster in the future? Hey, you know, so now that I don't play video games very often, uh, I probably will never go to a, 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 a Blockbuster. Uh, and if I do go to Blockbuster, it'll be for like one of those 90s movies that, you know, late 90s movies that have like Jessica Alba in a bikini uh, that I used to masturbate to when I was 13 years old. Like uh, something like that. Like if, if there's a VHS compilation of all the... Uh, wild on with that brooke burke i'll probably rent that um but other than that like I, I maybe i'll just go in there if there's a bar and have some drinks maybe i'll bring my own booze and just berate teenagers who are trying to rent that one movie where jessica alba swims around in the sea uh but uh yeah look i'll go anywhere that is beer so my recommendation is that they just get beer uh jesse we need to cook every time you drink i take a hit of my weed pen if that's any consolation, no, I love that. You know, find your way to relax, right? For me, it's masturbating. I have not masturbated since I've gotten home. I have jerked myself off zero times tonight, okay? And that's unlike me. It's 8 o'clock or something like that, and I haven't I haven't done what needs to get done. Uh, I, did have, I did have enough time to make a drink, so my priorities are out of line. Uh, I had to shower um, because you got to shower. You got to scrub it, bro. Uh, but yeah, uh, look, find your ways to relax and, and uh, good for you. Hit that, hit that weed vape pen, my friend. I'm pro, uh, pro that. I've never done it. Never smoked weed in my life. Never tried it. Nothing. And not because I'm against it or anything. I guess when I was a teenager, I was against it, but I was also kind of a douchebag, to be honest with you, and a different kind of douchebag than I am right now. I'm in the embarrassing type of douchebag. Back then, I was just kind of a bitchy, little whiny, little dickhead douchebag. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm pro that now. Okay? Whoever wants to fucking do whatever they want to do, I, mushrooms, LSD, do, do whatever you want. I'm probably I can't do it. I've got a CDL. They're starting to do random drug testing at work again on a heavy basis. So that's not going to happen for me. Um, I'm even scared to drink a little bit because they're going to do random uh, alcohol tests in the morning, and it's a whole fucking thing. My my place of employment has become trash, but um, yeah. So that's uh, anyways. Get high, get fucking get high, get crunk, get fucked. Uh, and enjoy your night and enjoy pad. Caleb Noble says, do you think Walker is really trying to, quote, hit his way out of the team? And that's why he's getting himself into 202 counts so often? No, because, you know, I think, okay, so 
I don't think I don't think it's uncommon to think that a 20-year-old who's this close to having a chance of making it on the major league team might expand his zone where he otherwise might not. I don't know if that's trying to hit your way onto the team, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe the 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 excitement, because it's not nerves, the excitement is getting the better of him in his plate discipline. But then again, like it's not getting himself into O2 counts. It's he isn't really getting anything to, that he can do any damage with. And because of that, he's not doing any damage. You know, that's just that's just how it works sometimes. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully he, that one pitch in a bat or one pitch a game that he does get a chance to do some damage with, he ends up doing some damage. But it like this also goes to like how tough it is to evaluate during spring training, right? Like think about all this conversation we're having. You know, uh, sorry, I gotta I gotta get my legs down. I am not comfortable at all in here. What if I just kind of like rotate this this way? Oh boy, oh boy, why is this so heavy? I'm caught up in something. Oh my god. Oh, I see. I see. Oh God. Oh God. We almost had a disaster. Almost had a disaster. Oh my God. Oh my legs. <laughs> what a bad idea this was. Oh Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, look, we're all still talking about small sample sizes, right? Talking about 18 at bats. We're talking about 24 at bats. Like, you know, in the major leagues, you're talking about four games and we're reacting to it. And that's the problem with spring, right? You, you never have enough sample where you feel comfortable really having an evaluation of what's going on. That's why observations are important. The observation with Jordan Walker is he isn't getting shit to hit. And the shit that he's getting is in the zone. So he has to try to do something with it. And he hasn't done anything with it because, honestly, 99.9% of baseball players can't do shit with that shit because it's a pitcher's game, regardless of if it's a hitter's era or not. That's how tough it is to hit a baseball. So, uh, you know, I say see how he adjusts in the next week. You know, see if see if he starts just putting wood on the bat on that pitch low and outside, especially from lefties, and just pushes it down the right field line because that's not something he's been doing lately. That is part of his game. And maybe the, the is he trying to hit, trying too hard to hit his way on is maybe he's trying to pull that pitch where in June he would just take that pitch to the opposite field. Maybe that's the case, but I think that again it's just like as successful as he was to start spring and as much trouble as he's had at the end of spring. I think he's the balance of the two, and we're just talking about the small sample size of each individual group. Um, Sean Stevens says thoughts on Tyler Motter's most like. Thoughts on Tyler Taylor is his name. I call him Tyler. Uh, Taylor Motter most likely making the roster. I don't have any thoughts. Look, I I jinx the fuck out of the pitching staff. Uh, I don't believe in jinxes. But uh, for the sake of argument and the sake of entertainment, I jinx the fuck out of the pitching staff just last night by saying that I would have had Andre Pallante down at Memphis uh, as a starter because the Cardinals had all this pitching depth. And now he's got to be in the bullpen because he's essential for the bullpen success. Um, you know, my thought is I want to see selfishly because of personal reasons. I want to see Alec Burleson and I want to see Juan Yepes on the roster. You know, I don't, I don't think there's as pressing of a need for Tyler Motter to be on, even if he's earned it, like, you know, what good does it, does he do? You know, like, I, I don't know. I think that's just a 40 man spot that you have to give somebody more than anything. Uh, and you can always go to him. Like, is he Max Moroff? Is he going to go down to Memphis and rake and then get a chance and then just kind of like get hurt, but also be really shitty. You know, again, we're still talking about spring success of a guy who's 
in his early 30s. You know, this isn't a 27-year-old Edmundo Sosa situation where he comes in and he's raking. This is kind of a guy who this is what you expect. You know, maybe he's made adjustments and he's always had a little bit of pop in his back. But, uh, you know, my my thought is if he makes it, he's deserve it. If he doesn't make it, that's fine. You know, I, I think I'd feel a lot different if this was two years ago and there wasn't the DH in the NL. But now I just don't know if I care so much. You know, I with as successful as Nolan Gorman has been at second base defensively and Brendan Donovan, I know, has worked really hard to, to increase his ability to play short. You know, if Edmund goes down, I, I feel comfortable with the ability on a nightly base on a one night basis until you can make an adjustment. You know, if, if Modder played short and he did it efficiently, which he has not done in years, is my understanding, then I feel more confident. To be like, yeah, put Taylor Modder on the on the twenty six man. He deserves that. He needs that. But I uh, I don't know if I care that much anymore. And you know. They have the Cardinals have good defensive depth at third base, so I don't know. Like, you need somebody to play first base, you got plenty of options Burleson or Yepes or Donovan. Like, he's earned it. Taylor Motter has earned the ability to start uh, the regular season with the St. Louis Cardinals, but if he doesn't, he doesn't. I, you know, the last guy on the bench, um, is like the thing I'm least worried about in the day and age of the DH in the NL. Asked about that. Hey, Aaron. Oh, our good Aaron Johnson says, Pat. That's right, Aaron. Aaron, to you, I'm going to have some water. I should probably drink some water. You know, I feel absent-minded tonight. I just feel like I'm uh, I'm uh, uh, rambling more than I normally do and not in, like the fun way where I always ramble. <laughs> our good friend B. Sir says, enough about baseball and more about that bowel movement. Oh, man, like. Again, not to get graphic, but we're going to get graphic. Uh, it was a long day, right? Uh, I usually don't get into the weeds like this, but it's been an exhausting couple of weeks at work, uh, emotionally and mentally more than anything else, more than physically, but it's also been physically exhausting. And then this whole thing that I have to deal with sometimes uh, with a family situation, like it's been a rough week there. And I am just like, I'm at the end of it. So, you know, I, I leave for work at 530 in the morning. You know, I got home at 10 to 7 tonight, um, and boy, it was the first time I pooped all day, and I sat on that toilet, and it just, like, it's it was this nice, strong, hard, but not too hard uh, gob. And honestly, like, if anybody's seen uh, Rasputin's dick, um, it kind of looked like that, maybe a little smaller. And when I looked at it in the toilet after I wiped my butt, I looked at it, I thought, man, I, I wish my dick looked like that. I, you know, it was... It was like this, and it was thick. So it started, it started, hold on. It started thick, hold on. Uh, it started thick like this, and then it tapered down like that. And even, you know, even at its base, it was like that. And it didn't hurt coming out. So it was a delightful, delightful experience. Uh, one of the most enjoyable uh, toilet experiences I've had in adulthood. So, uh, yeah, look, I hope every, I hope everybody has that kind of bowel movement. Uh, Dan Schrage says, I've noticed Jordan Walker jumping on a lot of first pitches this spring. Is that consistent with his at-bats in the minors last year, or is he just being ultra-aggressive to try to make an impression? Well, you know, I think that that's uh, – I don't think it's one way or the other. I don't think – I think the one thing about Jordan Walker is he's always been really smart about going after and doing damage on first-pitch fastballs right down the meat of the plate. Like, he he's a good, smart hitter. 
I, I think he's some combo. Like, if you're going to give him that fastball right down the middle on the first pitch, he's probably going to try to crush the fuck out of it or do damage with it. That's that's him. He's an aggressive hitter. He's a smart and aggressive hitter. Um, I do think he's probably trying to jump out a little bit because he was having a lot of success with it uh, in spring. And it's just it, – he's not getting that pitch, and maybe he's being a little bit more over-aggressive than he normally is. But I would say that he's always been appropriately aggressive at the first pitch. Um I just think spring training is a whole different beast. Kareem, our good friend Kareem says hello, Kyle. How's it going to you, Kareem? I'm gonna I'm gonna raise my yingling to you, bud. It's going well, bud. It's going well. Um, not really a whole lot to talk about, you know. Uh, I I'm one of these people that I don't really have any strong feelings about how the back of the Cardinals bullpen and the back of the Cardinals uh, bench are gonna play out. I just I just don't. I think the Cardinals. The Cardinals are a deep team, and I think that's kind of reflected in how Pat has gone tonight. But it's it's been kind of a low key night. Uh, uh, I don't really have many hot takes, and uh, you know I'm sure people will ask about some other stuff. But I I think it's been a good Pat night, man. I, how's your night going, bud? Drew three MR says the best part of my day every time you host one of these. Cheers to you, Kyle. To Drew three MR, thank you for being here. It's my pleasure. I wish. Oh, I guess we need to talk about this. Um, I wish I could do it more. I wish that my life had more time. I wish I wish I could make it happen. You know, uh, there might be a time where we do like something during the days on the weekend. That might be, won't be prospects after dark, but maybe uh, prospects at brunch or some shit like that. But uh, yeah, to, to you, to all the pride people in here. What I was going to say is, and I think we talked about this the last prospects after dark. Um. We're probably now that we're getting into the major league season, this will probably have to shift to Sunday night uh, uh, if we do do it when we do it, because Wednesday uh, there'll be a lot of uh, a lot of day, a lot of night games. We might do it Thursday night. We might find our spots here and there, but uh, this I mean it's Thursday tonight, so who the fuck knows? Really, Jesse, we need to cook. WBC should be a yearly thing. Let the young players play in spring training and the veterans rep their country. It was so fun. I wish I would do it every two years. I do kind of like the break, uh, and it's so tough now because, right, we've had COVID 20, uh, 2020, COVID 2021, uh, uh, lockout 2022, and then uh, um, now WBC 2023. So next year will be the first year that we've had a real spring training since 19, or 2019, and that seems so long ago. I, I think that there's an advantage to doing it every other year. I loved it. I had more fun watching it than I've had watching baseball in a long time. I do think it needs some tweaking. I saw somebody recommend that, like, the rosters be big so that, like, you could have Ryan Helsley for one night if, if you needed him for one night. You know, uh, the, you know, for whoever was available, like, not just make it like a 20-whatever roster. Like, I, I'm rambling. I, I'm screwing up what this, this other person was trying to say who I don't even remember. But, like, it could use some tweaking. Like, Make every player available to every to to the to the country that they belong to, and then if you know you need Miles Michaelis to pitch on this day to help build up his innings, he goes back pitches for the Cardinals, and Team USA uses Dylan Cease or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Like that. There needs to be some adjustment there. Uh, but other than that, I loved it. I, there's zero complaints that I have about it. And uh, I, I feel the same about wanting as much of it as often as possible. Aaron Johnson says, Newt Bar is now a sensation in Japan. 
Are there ways the Cardinals can expand their fan base there and make themselves a destination for more Japanese players down the road now? Yeah, you know, it's also worth noting that Matt Slater, one of the Cardinals' front office executives, has his own footprint in that particular area. Uh, so, look, there's a way to make this all work for the Cardinals. Absolutely there is. Yeah, uh, I think one of the ways is to continue to increase Lars Newbar's profile. Uh, bobbleheads will go a long way, you know, uh, jersey nights, shit like that. You know, Lars needs to produce, and he probably will. But that's what we need to see from him. And that's what the Cardinals will do. Look, we know from the way that the Cardinals reacted with Harrison Bader and those baby blues, those uh, victory blues, that the Cardinals will do whatever that has they have to to try to monetize something. And, uh, I mean, we still don't have, like, a Newt Bar candy bar, although I feel like that's coming. And we got, they've got the Newt noodles. But, uh, look, the Cardinals will do everything possible to uh, optimize and maximize, you know, any type of financial area that they can. Um I also think that hopefully Lars Newbar gets a chance to capitalize off of this from a financial standpoint, uh, more so than I really care about the Cardinals. Although, you know, the Cardinals are whatever. Uh, Mac Wake says, "I'm pro pen right now with you, Jesse. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love. I love the idea that uh, all of my pet people are high as fuck or drunk as fuck. That makes me very happy." Uh, you dig in the Mandalorian season three, Aaron Johnson says, yeah, look, I'm not going to get into spoilers. I will say I love the most recent episode. Um, I thought that the last episode was the Mandalorian stuff is really great. Um, here's my thing about Star Wars, right? Because even this is even happening with the Bad Batch. They made such a bad movie with episode nine and they did some really stupid shit with episode nine. And it feels like they're trying to do everything they can to to justify some of their plot decisions in episode nine. And uh, I just want them to focus on the stories uh, that they're telling and not try to justify their shitty story in episode nine by uh, pointing everything to a resurrected Palpatine, you know, taking the Mandalorian plot to a resurrected Palpatine, taking the Bad Batch to cloning and resurrected Palpatine. Like it smells of desperation for me of people trying to uh, uh, correct something that they did but i love my love it's been fascinating i can't take for more tom cook says kyle uh, what's the shittiest breed of dog i personally hate volpinos uh they're the has the hezbollah of italian mountain pooches uh, i look i refuse to have hatred towards any dog as funny as your description is there i appreciate that uh uh uh, uh tom but uh, look, I I won't. I will not. I appreciate no dog slander, no cat slander, no animal slander here. But uh, uh, they're all God's creatures in my eye. Uh, don't believe in cannibals. That's on you. Uh, let's hit the crack pipe a little. De Young is injured. We need a good middle infielder right now. Screw Fermin, Robertson, Mater, etc. How about a win? Opening day roster spot. You know, my thought about that is. God forbid it happens. But if Gorman got hurt, or if Donovan got hurt, or if Edmund got hurt, then yes, that's what I would want. And as a matter of fact, I would be advocating for that. Uh, I was fucking around with my own 26-man roster for a while, and I I was dead set on bringing Mason Wynn north with the club. But the truth is, like, look, the Cardinals already have a nightmare scenario in the outfield, really, in a lot of ways. It's it's an ideal situation. It's an enviable situation for other teams. But it's also kind of a nightmare situation in the outfield. Uh, I don't want that in the infield. Like, 
trying to make Edmund and Donovan and Gorman work with with getting win at bats, like it's just a tough spot. But if one of those guys got hurt, I'd be all for win instead of Mater or any of the other options that might otherwise be uh, be thrown around. Matt Parker says, what do you think the Cardinals' plan is with Devon now that we have Contreras? He's my favorite prospect, and I hope he doesn't leave. Matt, my guess is that the Cardinals are still going to give Avon Herrera every opportunity to be uh, a part of the catching shuffle moving forward. I, I know, I think sometimes, like even as we talk about the 26-man the on opening day, right, we're talking about it as if it's a final thing. Like, all right, these are your 26 guys. Unless somebody gets hurt, you can't change these 26 guys all year. And I think that's kind of the same thing with Herrera, right? Like, we know this spring that Kisner isn't on solid footing with the front office or with the coaching staff or however it is. We know that there are opportunities for the catchers behind him to take, uh, to ha- if they have success, if they keep putting in hard work, to take the opportunity from Andrew Kisner. Uh, so all he needs to do is continue to grow, continue to get better, continue to uh, to dedicate himself to the tools of ignorance. And if he continues to do that, then what what role could he be? Could he be in the Cardinals' more extended plans? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He could be the 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 starter of the other 40 games as opposed to the 120 that, uh, 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 that Wilson Contreras catches if Contreras can stay healthy. Like, I think that's reasonable. Uh, but he needs to continue to work on his game-calling skills and his work behind the plate. Uh, because even a good minor league catcher defensively can be a really shitty major league catcher. Now, he was not shitty. He had his deficiencies. He has a plenty to work on. He has plenty more to dedicate himself to. Uh, as dedicated as he is because he's extremely dedicated to what he's doing. Um, but, uh, look, I I would say that I would say that the Cardinals have all of their prospects in their plans. Um, it's just a matter of how it all kind of, like, how the opportunity presents itself to those players and how they take advantage of that opportunity. Sean Stevens says, thanks for taking my questions. Always, Sean, always. I'm glad you enjoyed. Our good friend, Mac Wake. Hold on. <coughs> Mac Wake says, fast forwarding a bit. Let's say a random ace, cough, cough, show high, cough, cough, is available at the deadline. For half season of an ace, what prospects are off limits and what's an ideal prospect package? You know, show high is the toughest part. Because what do you? You're not just talking about uh, uh, an ace or a top of the rotation starter. You're talking about a middle of the uh, the order bat. And for me, I don't. I think it just depends on how things are going. Like Cardinals have pitching depth issues, so that would make it hard for me to trade Jerpy or Graceffo or Hence. Like I think I'd struggle to trade one of those. And for a half of a season, like I'm not trading. Win and Walker for a half a season. Uh, so the ideal package is probably anything else that they wanted. Uh, honestly, even for just a half of a season. But I'm not trading for him if I'm not committed to giving him $60 million a year for however many years he wants it. Because otherwise, you're trading for no reason at all. Uh, and it's not ever worth it to just trade for a half a season. The Cardinals just don't do that. That's not really their thing unless... They're just trying to get innings out of arms. That's it. That's all that they do. Um, so uh, for for me, if I'm like running the Seattle Mariners, I mean, I'm doing some crazy shit to get Shohei Otani. Uh, uh, but uh, if I'm the Cardinals, I'm probably doing some crazy shit to get it too. 
I just don't think the Cardinals have it in them to do. But, uh, you know, to, to your question about who who are the prospects that are quote-unquote off-limits, you know, if it's just Otani, if, I, if you know, say that they've got a couple good relievers that, uh, you know, and the Cardinals have a reliever deficiency all of a sudden, um, you know, and it's just like a one, one for four or something like that, you know, Walker win, Jerpy and Hens would probably be the four that I would really struggle to give away for what would only be a half of a season guaranteed uh, for the best player in the history of baseball. Graham Weinstein says, let's say Mosellock just gave you the keys probably because the wallet has told you he is not spending a dime on the rotation. What guys for the Cardinals are filling all five spots? Well, for this year would be the five guys that they have in there. It would be, you know, Michaelis, Montgomery, Matt, Flaherty, and now Woodford until Wayno's ready. If you're asking me next year, I, I can't answer that question. I, I you know, we're, that's too far from now. You know, if, if you're, if you're projecting and hoping, then you want Graceffo to take the next step. You want, uh, you want uh, McGreevy to re reinvent himself. You want Matthew Libertor to continue to have this, to make the strides that he showed, continue to have that velocity and show some run on that fastball. Like you want to see that, but you know, as far as like, Projecting out what the rotation might look like a year from now, if, if I was in charge and Mr. DeWitt said we're not spending any cash on the rotation, uh, I, I would need to see how this year develops. Uh, I, I would need to give it an honest evaluation. I think if you were to ask the Cardinals what they would think or what they would want uh, in this particular situation, they would tell you that they have faith that uh, both that McGreevy, Liberatore, and Graceffo will all be there um, to go with Matt's. And that Jake Woodford and Dakota Hudson are also coming off of a great 2023 season. And uh, that that you'd have back-end competitions. Like, that's, that would be my guess. Uh, Jacob, who I believe is Cardinal Reek, says, Yo, what's up, Jacob? How are you? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Yingling to you. Who starts 100 games at second this year? I'll say Nolan Gorman. I think uh, I think the Cardinals are pretty committed to Nolan Gorman being the more regular second baseman uh, of the two in question with him and Brendan Donovan. I think Brendan Donovan is going to play around a little bit more. I think Gorman uh, will play third to give Arenado some days, and you know Donovan will play second on those days uh, and second here and there. But I just think Donovan's going to have a more a versatile role moving forward. Our good friend, our good friend Blake Newberry. So again, as as we kind of go through them all, again, shout out to my boy Kareem SSN on Twitter, uh, Jacob who is Cardinal Cardinals Reeks on Twitter, and Blake Newberry who I believe is like BT underscore Newberry on Twitter. Uh, check all those guys out; they're my favorites. Uh, Blake says, "Feels like Cody Whitley rose really quickly and then fell out of the picture just as fast." Do you have any thoughts about how he can get back on track? Yeah, continue to attack the zone. Uh, now I know that there's a lot of questions about like what he's done, what he's done, some of the issues, why he's had uh, struggled, why he struggled to stay in the major leagues, why he struggled at the major leagues, why he's even struggled in the minors. You know he throws with funk and he throws with a little deception. But even that, if you're leaving too many pitches over the middle of the plate, it doesn't do you any good. You know his 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 off-speed stuff has a decent, like a really solid profile. But if you're leaving it over the middle of the plate, which is something that he does too often. And if you're predictable in the way you're sequencing, which he is, seems like he is to me, going fastball maybe too much, um, which, I again, I don't know how that shook out this spring, I can't say. But uh, for me, it's just like 
it's kind of the same thing with with him that I always complain about with Jake Woodford. Like, if he just attacked, if he would just attack with the stuff that he has, he would have better success. Now, Woodford had to reinvent himself in some of the pitches that he threw, and I don't think Whitley needs to do that. But if he would just be more of an attacking pitcher, uh, maybe maybe live. You know, he also lives down in the zone a lot, and I think he needs to stay up in the zone a little bit. And then, you know, if he wants to stay primarily down, that's fine. But I think you know a lot of the times what portion of the zone he's going to work in or what the Cardinals are going to work him in. Uh, so for me, it's just a matter of him mixing his stuff up but being aggressive in the strike zone instead of, like, nibbling on the corners and then leaving too much over the middle of the zone because that's kind of what happens with him, in my opinion. Hope you're doing well, Blake. Hope you're doing well, bud. Aaron Johnson says, I want Wynn to go get time in AAA, uh, but can you just talk about what you've seen this spring in him? Uh, strides he may have made in the offseason. Look, he looks – so at Peoria last year, I guess I guess we'll take two we'll take us two steps back. When he was in Peoria in 2021, he just looked overmatched, and that happens a lot. He was a teenager. Easy to see a kid being overmatched after a lost 2020 season – after being draft where he didn't get any taste of anything other than summer camp. Um, easy to see how he would get overmatched at the high A level, got promoted midway through the year. Uh, what we saw, the main stride I feel like we saw last year in Peoria uh, before he got promoted to Springfield is he had more of an approach, like a more um, a more refined approach at the plate, right? Like he wasn't, we saw him chasing a lot of high fastballs and being overmatched with heaters uh, in 2021 at Peoria. And he, that wasn't happening in 2022 at Peoria. Uh, we also saw him, again, that, that word intent, we saw him showing more intent at the plate to do damage, swinging a little bit harder, more confidence. You also saw his swing. Uh, the, the swing path was different. You know, you, you, it was shorter. Uh, it was more direct. It was uh, more in sync with the rest of his body. We saw the work that he put in, the tremendous amount of work he put in between 2021 and 2022 to elevate his game at the plate. And now that he was fully focused on, on being a hitter full-time, a position player full-time. And then at, at Springfield, and I don't know if this is necessarily uh, reflected in the stats, you could see him start to, to refine his approach, uh, not just have a better approach, uh, but you could see him refine it. You could see how he would adjust in and at bat. And sure, sometimes he would strike out. And maybe his slugging numbers weren't as good, even though he hit more home runs. But he was doing, it seemed like, <coughs> pardon me, it seemed like he was doing more damage with what he was given than, than he had in the past. Now, this spring, when I've watched, it just seems like it's all kind of coming together for him. Like, he, to me, he, at the plate, He's been way more impressive than Jordan Walker has. You know, he's worked at bats. He's worked counts. He's fouled off tough pitches. He's, uh, you know, taken a walk or two. Like, he's doing more with the pitch, the off-speed pitch low and in the zone, in and outside. Like, he's applying what he knows about pitching to his at-bats. Is my guess. Total guess. I don't – that's not a fact, but um, – and it, that's what it seems like to me. Like, how would I be attacked here? If I was going after me, how would I do this? Um, and I, I think that's, I think we're seeing the success that comes with that and the maturation and the work that he's put in uh, and getting stronger and seeing that in the exit velocities and his swing. I think it's all kind of coming together for him is what I think. Aaron Johnson says, Alec Burleson and Andrew Kisner, just any thoughts? 
Look, I think I think Burleson has earned a chance to be on the opening day roster. I don't know how he gets at bats. I don't know how you make that work. Um, I'll be frustrated because he won't be getting at bats. Uh, but look, Burley should be on the be on the twenty six man. I, I said it before in a tweet, but I want Burley to get a chance to be a starter somewhere, and I wish the Cardinals would move him. Uh, if they're gonna they're gonna leapfrog Walker over him, even though Walker probably deserves it, um, because I just want to see him get a chance to be a starter and get you know starter at bats five games out of every seven. And then Kiz, like, look, Kiz knows his season, his preseason has been brutal. He knows that he's pressing, uh, and you know I, I'm not ever gonna talk shit on Kiz. I know how important he is to the locker room. I know the pitchers love him. I, I know what kind of a person he is. He's a high quality person. And he's got a hit. He's got a hit. He, you know, he's got a hit. But I also think that the consternation from the fan base is hilarious when we're spending so much time talking shit on a backup catcher role or freaking out about a backup catcher role when never mind that the Cardinals won 93 games last year and the backup catcher was basically the starting catcher all year. It's going to be fine with Andrew Kisner as a backup. Like, let's not freak out about that. Everything was fine last year. It'll be fine this year with him uh, uh, as a backup and not a starter because Yadier Molina wasn't really a starter last year. Let's not pretend like that was something that happened. Uh, that's a little bit of revisionist history. Um, he was, he didn't play a lot of the year last year. So those are my thoughts. Like uh, we're not going to see much Andrew Kisner. I know a lot of people think we are. I don't think we're going to see much. Um, and hopefully he can make the most of his opportunities and same goes with Burley. Uh, Mac Wake says, I love the WBC. Maybe move it to November, but that comes with its own pros and cons. Definitely need at least a year break, but it absolutely needs to stay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I'm i with you, bud. To the WBC, to one of the most exciting and, and also uh, exciting baseball-related events we've had years. Also, the fans that attended those games, they deserve a huge cap tip, a huge raise of the glass, because they're the ones who made that atmosphere. You know, it's all about atmosphere. The atmosphere is what was different. And sure, the players uh, for the better teams were major leaguers uh, and high-quality players and high-quality effort and high-quality competition. But it was the atmosphere created by the fans that made the WBC, uh, that provided the foundation for the WBC to be something more than it was, so to them. Oh, I should drink water. I really should. Wake says... I think I might try to drive to Memphis this year to catch a triple A game. You should. Uh, I'm going to be in Indy. Right. Hold on. Let me hold on. I got to do something. Uh, Memphis. Oh, boy. Memphis. Oh, boy. Memphis Red Birds schedule. The schedule. Oh, I'm getting so. Oh, slow. Hey, research here. Uh, everybody, go take a trip to Memphis. Go take a trip to Springfield, Peoria, or Palm Beach. Wherever you're closest to, go take a trip because it is a fucking blast. You know, I recommend going to Memphis if you're in your, like, early or mid-20s. Bring some bring some friends down there. Bring some buddies. Uh, and, and have a good weekend of it. You're, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a better minor league town with more to do than Memphis. Uh, uh, and then, you know, families... Fury is a great family atmosphere. Springfield is a great family atmosphere. It's also a college town. Uh, I'm going to be in Indianapolis for the Indianapolis, uh, 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 Memphis, Indianapolis game. Um, I believe on Thursday, the 6th of July. So uh, that's when I'll be able to see Memphis. I probably won't be able to get down to Memphis or Springfield this year. 
uh, it'll probably be Peoria, and hopefully I can get to Peoria a couple times. Um, uh, but yeah, look, it's a uh, it is a great Indianapolis uh, affiliate. I spelled affiliate wrong. Boy, I'm so stupid. I am so stupid. Yeah, they're the I and I wanted to sure they're the Pirates AAA affiliate. I'm having a I'm having a moment, family. I'm having a moment, family. Um, so yeah, no, enjoy. I hope you do, man. I hope it's a I hope it's a great trip for you. Uh, Pyre Cracker says, uh, uh, Per Cracker says, how does the WBC work like that with sending a guy to Asia for a game and then he's all jet lagged there and back? Yeah, you know, I didn't think about that. That that would be really stupid on my part. Uh, maybe I'm just talking more about like, you know, if it happens in Arizona or Miami. That's you're right. That would be a huge hole in my theory. I would be very, very wrong about that. That would not be something that is feasible or serviceable. Um, you know, maybe it's just you send those guys to uh, the the overseas stadiums for, um, you know, that part of the tournament. And then when they come back to the States, then you can send them for a day or two or, or whatever for, you know, uh, the single eliminator or whatnot. But, yeah, you're right. You're right. But then what I guess what I'm saying is then those teams uh, that are playing over in Asia, they should have access to their players. You know, uh, uh, Korea, uh, uh, Taipei, uh, Japan. Like, I know it's still a long flight. It's not all condensed, all consolidated right there. But maybe there's some way of making it work. Uh, again, I'm, I am, I'm doing a poor job with this. I was doing a poor job with it when I first brought it up. I'm just saying that there could be some tweaks to make it a little bit easier, a little bit better, um, maybe more accessible, maybe get some more consistently good talent involved. But yeah, you're right. That that's that was something I had not thought of, and you're you're right to point it out. Aaron Johnson said we used to really have high hopes for kids. Uh, what went wrong? <clears throat> what can he fix? Sorry, my allergies have been crazy this last week. Uh, you what you know what went wrong? I can't answer that. I I will say that the guy that I used to watch hit a bunch of line drives to the right center field gap, disappeared. Now, when you're on a major league roster for 30 days and you only get 30 at-bats for like – and this happens, you know, extrapolated, of course, the next season. But when that happens over your first two major league seasons, it's hard to really find your footing. It's hard to really get your feet underneath you. And then all of a sudden you're kind of thrust into a starter's role. Um, you struggle. And, you know, it kind of glosses over the fact that Kiz had some really good moments last year. He also hit into some bad luck, and he was also trash at times. All of these things happen at once. But, you know, I, I, I can't answer that. You know, I don't know if going from the minors to the major leagues, like how often does it just happen where a guy just doesn't have it, uh, doesn't doesn't meet that meet their level of potential? And I wonder if that's just as simple as that's what happened with Kiz or whatever. But – Maybe he gets that level now that Yachty's gone. You never know. You know, that's a huge presence. Um, I know that from talking to some people that I trust, both scouts and baseball, and some front office executives, that a lot of people don't think his his uh, framing, although people will say his framing's terrible, is bad, that they'll say that he just doesn't work umpires, and that's what really hurts him. Now, I don't know. I, I'm not going to pretend to be a catching expert. It's whatever. But uh, I do know that it's a shame that he never reaches potential it's a shame he didn't fully take advantage of the opportunity that he was given last year. And hopefully this little bit of grace that he got in order to start the year on the Cardinals 26, man, uh, he can take advantage of every opportunity that's put in front of him. 
Our good friend Kareem says it's not going to happen, but the Cardinals should do whatever they can to sign Yamamoto in the offseason. Uh, he would easily be a top 10 starter in MLB, and the Cardinals need a true ace. Yeah, look, that Yamamoto is a monster, isn't he? God, I would love that. I would hope that they would do something like that, get aggressive in that way. You know, the, you know, Michaelis aside, Verhagen doesn't count. The Cardinals haven't really been aggressive in that market, and it would be really awesome to see them get aggressive in that market. I, I'm with you. You know, uh, um, I know he's dealing with some fatigue issues or whatever it was, uh, but like you guys know, Sengai is somebody who I wanted the Cardinals to sign. It probably won't work out. You know, I was also on board with them signing Kikuchi, and that hasn't worked out. You know, that's been a, a tough thing for both. Uh, well, I guess we'll see how it is for the Blue Jays, but it was a tough thing for the Mariners. Um, I want to see them get aggressive in one of these markets. Now, I'm I don't know what to think about how they're going to spend money, and I think I think the huge cloud that is the RSNs hanging over their financial heads uh, make what could happen this coming off season the biggest question mark uh, imaginable. But yeah, look, I, I hope that the Cardinals took notice of that. I'm sure there'll be a bidding war, which of course means the Cardinals won't be involved. But hopefully. Uh, they they realize that that is a special, special arm. And uh, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Caleb Noble says, I wish more pitchers in MLB through splitters. Watching USA try to adjust the way Japan was pitching was fun because you could tell they weren't used to it. Yeah, and a good splitter is a devastating pitch, right? And we talked about that. Like, one of the relief pitchers that we haven't seen at all in the spring game is Logan Sawyer. He throws a split finger. Why haven't we seen him? Uh, and if the Cardinals don't give this kid, uh, this 27-year-old man, every opportunity to to break with the club or get a chance to be a major leaguer or or to to show off at a, a spring training game when they will, you know, try out other people, like I want to see that. See if you can capitalize on that. Have him throw it 70 times in a game and see if anybody can touch it and, and go from there. That's that would be amazing. Uh, use that to your advantage. Apply what you've just learned, uh, and, and hopefully you get the most out of it. But yeah, look, uh, I'm with you. That that seems like a market efficiency to me. Find some guys who throw splitters who can command the splitter and try to get the most out of it. Aaron Johnson said, uh, "Good friend Aaron Johnson says the bromance between Lars and Shohei is going to make me take it more personally when he signs with the Dodgers or whatever." <laughs> oh boy, hold on, I need water. It's going to hurt, Aaron. It's going to hurt me in my core. The Grave of Einstein says, one has to go, advanced stats or power of friendship. <laughs> power of friendship. Because friendship is fucking bullshit. These fucking bitches aren't my friends. Uh, Picker Harker says, who is the next uh, Rosarena or Alcantara, Alcantara? That the Cardinals regret trading. I'll say Alec Burleson. I'll say um, who's somebody stupid that they would trade? They'd hold on to McGreevy. How about Freddie Pacheco? Uh, they'd hold on to McGreevy and they would trade like Wilfredo Pereira, who again, and I'm not going to get into that, but like uh, the, he won't be somebody that they like regret. He's not the high end. They're really they bought into Bryson Mounts. Um, so I wouldn't like and he's not gonna be that good. Uh he's gonna be good, but he's not gonna be that good. How about uh I don't know, nobody, nobody like that. Because you know what? I think the Cardinals are scared of that these days, is what I is what I think. And I think it stops them from doing some things. What are the chances we get John Denton on pad? 
Uh, you know, I don't know what to think about that. I, I don't think I'm going to address the John Denton stuff just yet. I might, maybe we'll save that for your podcast, bud. Maybe we'll save that for your podcast on Sunday. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, I love John Denton. He's my spirit animal. He's, uh, or I guess not, not Sunday, whatever a week from the 21st was. That's how my brain works. So next Tuesday, maybe we'll talk about it then. But, um, yeah, uh, yeah, look, I love John Denton. I would never ask him to come on pad because I would never want him on pad. I like what we're doing right now with this will they, won't they thing going on. We're this generation's uh, Rachel and that other guy. Uh, forget the last one. What's the ceiling of think, of think hence? Um, it's astronomical. Look, I do this thing with every uh, ceiling floor. Look, every player has a ceiling of the best player in baseball. Every player has a floor of the worst baseball player in the history of baseball. Um, What's his ceiling? Look, he could be uh, uh, an ace or whatever, blah, blah, blah. What's his most likely outcome? Probably be a a middle to back end of the rotation starter. What is a um, a real potential outcome that seems feasible as a front end starter like that's he's going to he has every potential to be a front end starter with more in the tank uh and i don't think there's any getting around that i I think i don't think it's even debatable i've been uh thoroughly impressed with mason Wynn. he's always had great bat speed and he's made some noticeable mechanical adjustments in spring which would help himself which should help him produce more power kareem i'm with you bud uh and he started making those mechanical adjustments uh last year too um, starting in last offseason and then in season as well, uh, specifically working in double A. And uh, boy, it's awesome to see that stuff start to pay off, young man. Mason, to all the Mason Wynn just turned 21, so we're going to cheers to Mason Wynn as we get rid of our Moscow mule. Um, yeah, to, he's just to see the work that he's put in, that, that kid is just, he's awesome. Charismatic, he's got it all. Jason Hill says, hey, Kyle, did Libertor do enough this spring to change your view of him overall? Yeah, I, my answer is yes and no, Jason. Like, uh, it, what it did is it got me more excited for the first month or so of Memphis. I'm anxious to see if he can keep that velocity a month from now. Because I, I was reminded that he was able to keep that mid-90s velocity last spring, too. It just he couldn't do it once he got out of spring. Um, so we I want to see like on April 26th of this year, is he still able to carry 94 to 96 into the fifth inning, fourth or fifth inning? And if he is, then that's helped to change my mind. If he's showing more run on this fastball, that's helping to change my mind. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What it's done is it's made me more excited to see what's next for him and to see how sustainable it is. Um, you know, it's funny because one of the, the main talking points from someone like John Denton, as a matter of fact, was about Michael McGreevy and how McGreevy's throwing 95. He's throwing 95.6 in the second inning. But you know what? He didn't have the results uh, because he didn't change anything about himself. And the rumor is that Matthew Libertor tried to redevelop that fastball, not just work on his command, because command's only part of it with him. It's the stuff of it all and the velocity of it all. And I know that he's worked to try to get more run on that fastball. So uh, I am I am very happy to see that that seems to be measuring out. Just needs to continue to get those results 
and if he if he can, then he can, and then that's more exciting, Jason. That's that's definitely where I am. The Grave of Einstein says, uh, "You said some stuff about Libby already, but I remember on a previous pad that you said that he had a confidence that was lacking in 23. Did he look like Libby 22? So uh, again, I did not get to see. All I saw was the data on Matthew Libertor's last spring start, and and I listened to the game. So my thing with Matthew Libertor is." When he's pitching aggressively and angry, almost angry on the mound, but pitching with an edge on the mound, you notice that his command is better and his velocity stays up and starts. Now, will it stay in the mid to high 90s? No, no. But it won't dip below like 93, 94, which is the key, one of the keys for him when you're talking about his fastball. Uh, sometimes I personally get too caught up in velocity, specifically a fastball. But this goes across the entire arsenal. It's just the easiest to highlight fastball. Uh, and it's also lazy to highlight fastball, which is exactly what I'm doing. But for him, that was that. So when you saw him attack and you saw him get angry and you saw him with this this aura about him on the mound where it was his mound with the with his baseball throwing his pitches, then he was always at his best. And that was lacking all last year. Now, again, I didn't watch, but when I was listening to the broadcast, I forgot who it was. Uh, and maybe I was watching, but I was listening because sometimes I'll, uh, if I'm driving at work, um, I'll put the video broadcast on. I'll put the game on the center council, and I'll listen to the game as I as I drive because uh, not all the games are on KMOX. Um, it it might have been during that, but whoever it was said that he was pitching. You could tell he was pitching with an edge on the mound, and that is really fucking important for him, super important for him. And I'm not surprised that he's having the results he's having uh, if he is pitching with that edge. Uh, but that's a good call. That's a good anxious – that's a good – um. A good catch on your part, and I appreciate you being a pad person. Do you I'm gonna raise water because I need water? We're an hour into this. I didn't expect that. I thought we'd be done by now. Hey, Stu Styles. Oh, I'm almost out of booze, you guys. Probably for the better. Stu, I love you, bud. I hope you're doing well. Is it is it Christian's birthday? Somebody said it was Christian's birthday. Am I wrong? If it's Christian's birthday, I raise my glass to Stu and Christian. It's also one of my guys at work, uh, CJ, Christopher Donovan, it's also his birthday. And he's a really cool kid, and I like that kid a lot, man. I've been lucky to have some really awesome uh, uh, young people to work with, and also old people, because the average age of my work group is 51 years old. Uh, Italy got sent to Japan this year. Not sure where the Great Britain, Great Britain or Israel teams played in pool play. Yeah, I, again, my uh, my last thoughts kind of stick with that. I will say that kids killed it for like two months in the middle of the summer. When he was playing every day. Yeah. He was definitely different. Cardinals fan 0213 says, Hey Kyle, just joined. Do you think Walker should still shoulders still bothering him? Or is it just one of the learning curves since he's being facing tougher pitchers? Yeah, he's facing tougher pitchers and getting pitched tougher by pitchers that aren't as tough as the tough pitchers. I think it's a learning curve. You know, I, I've been told by a lot of different people that he, the shoulder is a non-issue. Um now if he's most of the time that's coming from him right like he's telling so-and-so it's a non-issue a non-issue maybe it's an issue you know when you're young you recover and that's one thing about jordan walker he is a tough motherfucker that kid man i've seen him take it we've seen him on two straight years two years in a row take a pitch off the hand the, the left hand take a pitch off the hand and then play the next game get pulled out of the game and then play the next game he's a tough kid takes great care of himself regenerates really quickly um all positives but i think that we're just seeing the league kind of adjusts to him. Uh, also, pitchers get more comfortable with their arsenal because, remember, it's still spring training. 
you know, you see a lot more fastballs early in spring training. Uh, you see fastballs late in counts, early in counts, and you make a mistake uh, uh, as a hitter, you miss a pitch, you're going to get another pitch to hit in the, hitting in at bat. Now they're starting to pitch him backwards, and he's not getting the pitch to hit, the pitch to do damage with. You know, he's getting he, – it's that thin line, right, where hitters get pitches to hit, but not pitches to do damage with, and that's what he's seeing more. And it's just a matter of how he adjusts or how he goes with it. Like, he has the ability to use the right field line and the right field gap and to dump pitches in right field. It's just a matter of if he's going to commit to that uh, and also get pitches that he can do something with. Because right now he's just not getting any good pitches to do anything with uh, as much as he is struggling. And it is still a very small sample size with all of it going on at once, too. Spring training is the worst, man. Too hard to evaluate anybody. Jesse, we need to cook. Do you like the MLB schedule format of playing every MLB team now? Yeah, look, I'm not one of these people who really cares about who you play when you play them. You know, I I'm, I really don't want them to play in London. I think that fucks up a good portion of the year. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I hate that they end up getting like a Friday off or a Sunday off or something weird like that. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, you know, uh, that that's really my thought. I, I, I don't really have any thoughts. I, I just want to see them play. Um, I don't, I would like that they play. I like when they play the Cubs a lot. Um, I don't want this to be a situation where somewhere down the line, like it's the blues red wings rivalry where you don't ever see the black, you don't ever see the red wings anymore. Like as long as we're still seeing, you know, uh, the Cubs and the brewers and the pirates and the reds, like I'm, I'm happy. And I'm excited about seeing those other teams that we don't get to see that often. Like, I think when you do it this way, you get to learn as a fan, you get to learn more about the league. And I, and I like that, you know, I, at least for me, little butthole says, uh, hi, sexy. Hello, little butthole. How are you? Uh, okay. Last one. I've asked too many already who plays center field this year. I would think what I would like is if, especially if Jordan Walker makes it, uh, uh, on opening day, I want a four man rotation of Walker, O'Neill, Newt and Carlson. And honestly, like, if Walker doesn't make it and Burleson is, I want a four-man rotation of those four. And I want O'Neal getting ever, uh, getting uh, reps in center. I want Lars getting reps in center. I want Carlson getting reps in center. I think that helps keep them all fresh, too. Uh, find your matchups. Find out who reads balls better on slicing balls in the gap to, to left field and get them against teams that find the left field gap a lot. Like, uh, play your matchups out in the field, too. But I think Newfar, I think Carlson, and I think O'Neal um, worked hard. All three of them worked hard this offseason to become as good of a defensive center fielder as they all can be. You know, O'Neal had a lot of struggling moments last year in the outfield, I think specifically in uh, in Chicago when he was playing center, where you thought, man, that guy's not a center fielder. But I, I've been impressed with what we've seen out of him so far in spring and in the World Baseball Classic. He, you can tell he's worked on it. He's adjusted to it. He feels more comfortable there. So that that's my thought. Like, you have three guys who believe that they can play center field, and I think all three deserve to get those reps. And if one of them shit out there, then you've got two more. And if two of them are shit, then the last man standing gets it. That That's where I'm at. What I'm worried about is just making sure that those three, Carlson, Newtbar, and O'Neal, are getting regular at-bats because they've all earned it. They all deserve it. And if Walker's in there, that they're still getting their at-bats and Walker's getting those at-bats too. I also want to see Burleson getting at-bats. Uh, <laughs> pardon me. Cardinals fan 0213 says, I think the last outfield spot is between Walker and Carlson. 
I guess when you're talking about the starting outfield spots, yeah, like, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. And I, I don't know what Ali, it seems like Ali has something against Carlson. You know, whatever that is, uh, you know, managers do stupid shit. Uh, I like Ali a lot, but he's fucking, he can be just as stupid as the other two uh, stupid managers the Cardinals have had that predated him. But uh, yeah, you know, that that's, you're you're probably right. It probably comes down to that. But I also think that if both of those guys are on the 26-man roster, that they're both going to be getting at-bats somewhat regularly. Jesse, we need to cook. What Cardinals prospect are you still surprised never panned out in the majors? Um, You know, this this happens a lot. This is why – this is the one thing in pad that gets me. Because with the minute I turn pad off, the names will start streaming in, and uh, I – I won't remember any of them. You know, I will say that the circumstance was different with Austin Gomber, but I thought Austin Gomber would be a middle of the rotation starter. I thought he had that in him. He had the deception. He had good pitches. It just, it never seemed to work out for him. Um, man, there's so, there really are so many that, that just never seem to get it. You know, Lane Thompson, Lane Thomas, I thought he'd be better than what he was, but you know, he's a league average uh, outfielder for the the national now for like two straight years. That's pretty solid. I, I thought he could have been more, but the concern with him is that he was always a Jekyll and Hyde prospect. Sometimes he was competent in ranking and sometimes he was not competent and he looked fucking terrible. And the problem is the Cardinals got the not confident look pretty fucking terrible most of the time. Um, I guess you know, I was always skeptical of Woodford. I was always skeptical of Hudson. Uh, I bought into Delvin pretty early. I shouldn't have done that. I wasn't on Trey Fletcher. Uh, I, I like Griffin Roberts breaking pitches, but I never really got a chance to watch him. Um, you know, I thought, like Terry Evans, you know, back when all you could see were stats, like John Gall, Terry Evans, I thought both of those guys would be uh, major leaguers. Again, back when you didn't know, Brett Wallace was one of those guys, honestly. Like, I, I remember going down to Springfield uh, and being thoroughly impressed by Brett Wallace. Um, and it didn't, you know, this never worked out. Um, and I'm sorry, I wish I had more. Luke Weaver, I remember watching Luke Weaver, not fully understanding how bad his curveball was, and thinking, wow, man, this guy's going to be something else. And he was something else for, you know, a short period of time there. It just never manifested because he didn't have a third pitch. He didn't have the command to get by with the fastball changeup. So, look, there's there's plenty of plenty of prospects that I've missed on. Little Butthole says, I agree with what you said on Twitter a few days ago about kind of hoping the team moves on from Burley so it gets real opportunities elsewhere. Are there any other prospects that are will get too blocked? Uh, he Little Butthole says, Little Behole says, personally, I want to see some team take a flyer on Luke and Baker. Yeah, me too. You know, uh, it's funny. We, we talked about that, like, Moises Gomez was this year's Luke and Baker because that's what Luke and Baker was last year. He was a guy that you thought might be able to steal some DH at bats and just never really got enough at bats and never really did enough at bats of what he did in spring to warrant the 26-man spot. Now he has to go back to Memphis and prove himself. And if he's anything like Luke and Luke and struggled last year after that same opportunity, although it was a different opportunity because of the work stoppage or not work stoppage or the, the lockout never really manifested properly for him. Uh, but yeah, Luke and Baker is a great answer to your own question. Um, the outfield situation is weird, right? Because uh, we, we just we just talked about Burleson and we just talked about Moises Gomez. Both of those guys are kind of blocked. Juan Yepes is kind of blocked in a weird way because his specialty is DH. But you're gonna you got all these guys who you got to get at bats. Uh, 
you know, Juan Yepes is one of those guys I'd like to see go to a different organization and get a chance, like a real, real chance, because I don't think he's going to get that here uh, with the way that, you know, the way that things have gone. I think he'll get a chance, but I don't think it'll be a real chance. I think it'll be a 2020, uh, 2019 Lane Thomas situation where he plays, he gets like 46 at bats in 27 days or something like that, whatever it was. Like, I think it'll be something like that. Um, I think all of those outfielders, you know, um, uh, those older outfielders, so Chase Pinder, uh, Scott Hurst, now they might not be like huge real prospects, but they might not ever make it to the majors because of this log jam of outfielders that the Cardinals have. Um, you know, I think Pedro Pais is another prospect too. He's not a, he's not a major league starter, but he could, he could be a great depth option on a lot of teams. And he might not make, he like, he could be like the fourth guy on the pecking order, you know, fourth or fifth guy on the pecking order behind some guys who are, have the chance to be, you know, regular major leaguers. You know, Pedro Pajes is one of those guys I'd like to see go somewhere that could use a, a, a catcher and get a real chance. Um, yeah, you know, it's nice to see Jake Woodford getting a chance. Um, I've been skeptical of him, but I'm glad that he's he's making the most of an opportunity, and hopefully he takes it by the reins. But those are just a couple names that come to my mind. Andrew Breyer says, wondering why Cooper Jerby didn't get any spring trainings. I'd love to know, too. Uh, I know that our good friend Jeff Pontes, who rocks, uh, for Baseball America, uh, one of the founders of Prospect Live, had some video of Jerpy up today. Uh, check him out, uh, Jeff Pontes, or Jeff Ponce, rather, um, G-E-O-F-F-P-O-N-T-S. Uh, he had some Jerpy. Jerpy's fastball was like 88 to 90. Uh, Jerpy let up a home run, but the exit velocity was 91. It was severely wind-aided. Um, you know, I would have liked to have seen Jerpy, and we still might see Jerpy. Don't think we there's there's still a chance we see it, uh, especially those last couple games. I would think, but um, yeah, it would have been nice. It was awesome. We got Tink. I I don't think we'd be asking the the, the Jerpy question. I don't think I would have been so curious about Jerpy had Tink not gotten so many innings, so many chances. But uh, yeah, yeah, next year I imagine he's going to be a very hot name in camp. Uh, Sh- uh, Shecky ZX Z says, Sorry, I'm late. Woohoo! Uh, to you, uh, Z and I raise my water. Oh, one hour and 22 minutes. How funny. Uh, wait, what happened? Oh, come back. I don't know what happened. Card, oh, my thing is acting up. Uh, I love what Gorman has done this spring offensively. Uh, Cardinals fan 0213 says, I love what Gorman has done this spring offensively and especially defensively. He's my breakout candidate of the year. Yeah, I think a lot of people would have him as their breakout candidate of the year. He's done some great stuff this spring. You know, he's turned my head. I still, you still say what you want, but he's still struggling against that high fastball. Sure, he fouls it off uh, and he's not swinging through it like he does a lot, but Everything else has looked good, and that's a positive. But, yeah, look, I, if you're going to put your money in the clubhouse on one player to be the breakout hitter, I, I don't know if you could have another option than Nolan Gorman. You know, I think Lars Nupar's uh, jump, you know, he's he's jumped the shark on that. Like, we all kind of expect that. You know, Dylan Carlson, to me, doesn't count because he's, he's already a proven major leaguer. I think it probably comes down to those two. Lil Butthole says, I thought John Torres was going to be a star. Yeah, me too. I'm pretty well documented on saying that as well. That's a great name to uh, pull from the past. Uh, Pyre, Pyre Cracker says, 
that guy they drafted out of Arkansas that only pitched a season. Uh, pitching Arkansas that only pitched a season. Well, the only left, I can only think of Steve Gindry, but that was Texas Tech, right? That wasn't Texas A&M. Um, and he dealt with Tommy John surgeries, like two of them. The comp pick that they got for Jordan, that they ended up, the comp pick that they used to draft Jordan Hicks was uh, McGill. Um, not Trevor McGill, right? Or was it Trevor McGill? And I think he was from Arkansas. But I, I, I don't know who you're talking about. I, I You're beating me, uh, uh, Piercracker. Zed says, by the way, can I start calling you the Saber Dong Kyle Reeson Beck? You absolutely can, and I would encourage it. Matthew Stromer, our good friend, says, I remember being upset the Cardinals traded Brett Wallace in the holiday deal. I drank the Kool-Aid, baby. I drank the Kool-Aid, too. Yeah, we're in the same boat. We're doing this together. Uh, uh, you and me, Matt. Yeah. Uh, again, I went and watched him, and I watched him a couple times, and I remember as a kid being like, all right, this kid has great plate discipline, and he was stinging the ball in the games that I watched. And this is this is where the whole scouting of it all becomes tough because if you're not watching these guys every day, then – you might just see him on a good day. You might just see him on a bad day. And you never know what you're going to see. You might walk away unimpressed, and then they might be something more. You might walk away impressed, and they might have just got you on the right couple of days or in a hot streak. You know, uh, I think that's where what I do and what everybody and some other people do. Like, when you watch every night, you get to see them at their best and at their worst. Uh, it doesn't make me good at it. It just means that I've got a lot of free time. Also... You pronounce my screen name, Shecky ZX, which makes a lot of sense. Shecky ZX. And I promise you, I will do everything I can to not forget that. But by God, will I forget it. Uh, Matt Parker says, um, biggest changes you've noticed from our major minor league players since last season, such as new pitches or changes like Donovan's swing mechanics. Well, you know, Donovan did most of that shit on his own, you know, like that wasn't an organizational thing. Uh, you know, the organization helped him become the hitter that he is. And there's a track record of the organization and, you know, spearheaded by Russ Steinhorn and formerly Jeff Albert, uh, uh, but now Russ and Daniel Nicolaisian, um of of helping, especially the lefties, to get the most uh, out, of, out of their approach and their swing. But, uh, you know, I think one of the things we talked about a lot or one of the things that guys like Kareem and Cardinals Reeks have pointed out, uh, Blake Newberry, is we've seen the slider kind of change, right? Like uh, less of a – or more of a sweeper, right? Is it more or less of a sweeper? The the uh, the movement on the slider profile of a lot of the pitchers that throw sliders has changed. That's one of the things. Um, and other than that, like I honestly haven't noticed much. And I also haven't been able to watch as much as I would have liked. Um, I need to start taking off work more so I can watch the Cardinals. But, uh, yeah, you know, I that that's the only thing that I've noticed. You know, uh, hopefully they can continue to get velocity upticks from some pitchers. They've had success with that in the past. And hopefully we see more of that. And um, other than that, yeah, no, it it's all seems like business as usual. Um, uh, Quinn says, better player, George. Walker and Jeff, I think we all know it's Jordan Walker. Lil Behold says, "Are there any are there any managers, coaches in the minors you find to be particularly impressive?" Yeah, look, uh, um, we we uh, uh, Jose Laguerre, the Double A manager for uh, uh, Springfield, that guy sh might get a real chance to be a bench coach or a major league coach at some point. 
Uh, Patrick Anderson, the coach of Peoria. I know the players didn't particularly like playing for him. I was surprised that he stuck around for another year. Uh, but he's, you know, he's also kind of, I get the impression that he's one of those two-faced guys, like he'll suck up to authority, but then he's kind of a, a dickhead to the people underneath him, plays favorites. Um, and other than that, I, you know, I know Brandon Allen, people thought highly of, who's now in the major league coaching staff. Um, and, you know, other than that, I really don't know. Jose Laguerre, Jose Laguerre, you're going to want to keep a close eye on because he's got more than just double A manager in his future. I'm starting to believe the Dusty Blake effect is real. We'll find out. You know, I know Jake Woodford compliments uh, Dusty Blake for helping him reinvent his slider and get the most out of him. But at the same time, we saw Dakota Hudson pitch like shit in part because his velocity was down. And uh, in at winter warm-up, Hudson was talking about how Dusty Blake helped him re uh, helped him view pitching completely different and changed his life or whatever. Uh, so we'll see. You know, we'll see. I, I had to look it up. It was just Todd, and it's Firecracker. Uh, makes makes sense to me, Firecracker. Uh, yeah, so I was thinking in the minor league level. I wasn't even thinking for one full season. Um, yeah, just Todd. Look, just Todd was another one I was wrong about. Uh, PJ Walters, uh, he was another one. I'm glad you brought up just Todd. I was so in on, uh, uh, on, uh, on Walters, man. I thought for sure he was going to be uh, a major, a major leader in a rotation stalwart for many, many years. Um, and if I'm wrong, PJ Walters made his major league debut against the Cubs, and it was a fucking disaster. I could be wrong about that, uh, but no, I remember calling in. Uh, it would have been the morning grind at that point, or the morning after. I remember calling and asking the cat and Tim McKernan, uh, and it, I, it, man, it might have been if. It must have been the grind with Martin Kilcoin and just saying uh, the Cardinals have a lot of internal options. It's just Todd might be a starter. And boy, was I wrong about that. Uh, uh, yeah. So I'm, I look, I'm with you. I'm 100% with you. I've been there. Let's see. What happens with second base short when a win arrives? We'll find out. I don't know. You know, more than there's a lot of time between now and the time that quote unquote win arrives. You know, even if he arrives at the beginning of uh, um, the beginning of the season, right? Let's just wait and see. You know, Nolan Gorman might have taken a step back. Brendan Donovan might have taken a step back. Maybe Tommy Edmond isn't cutting it defensively at short, and then it'll all become really clear. But to say what what happens when Win arrives? Well, if he's arriving, then that means something went wrong with their with those three guys that brought him to the majors more than likely, almost certainly. So whatever that thing is, then that's the thing. And I don't have that, you know, to me, it's going to be, uh, Edmund probably can't hit and play, uh, the defensive caliber that he needs to at short. And that, no, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm saying that would be the scenario that would get win here or, uh, Brendan Donovan tries too hard to access, access his power and he's not a power hitter and it tanks the rest of his game or Nolan Gorman continues to struggle to hit the high fastball and all the gains that he's made defensively uh, revert back to where it was. Um, and, and then all that would be the scenarios that I would imagine would get Mason win to the major leagues and uh, he would have a clear shot at starting. I'm assuming you think Randy Flores is doing a great job. Yeah, look, I think Randy Flores is doing an amazing job. 
I think Cardinal fans oversell Randy Flores as a fact because I think we undersell what the scouts do. You know, it's always, man, Randy Flores, is, he's doing great. And he is. He's spearheading this. And he's the leader. And when you're the leader, you get the praise and you get uh, uh, all the complaints, right? But they've cultivated a culture with their scouts. And their scouts are really fucking good. And it's all working out and it all funnels to him. So I think I think the amateur scouting side is incredibly talented and incredibly good at what they do. And Randy Flores facilitates that. Ergo, he is incredibly good at what he does. Uh, Firecracker says, how soon do the cards open their own hitting lab? Uh, like the one they retooled that retooled guys like Newt, Goldie's MVP bat, etc. I would imagine they're going to be behind on that firecracker. It's not like the Cardinals uh, to be ahead of something like that, right? That's just not something that they do. Um, you know, that that's a whole different thing, right? Because Marucci is still trying to sell products. So it makes sense for them to do it. And the Cardinals are trying to get the most out of their players, but they also give their players free reign to kind of learn and do on their own, right? To utilize those things on their own. Uh, they They still employ a lot of advanced tech and they supply their players with the information that comes from that advanced tech. And that tech's down down at Palm Beach. That'll that'll evolve and that'll change and that'll grow as the uh, renovations at Roger Dean continue. Uh, but like they they track a lot of stuff. Now they don't have you know the the Arenado warehouse or whatever. They don't have the Marucci uh, bat fitting. You know they don't hook up a bunch of diodes to. Uh, your your body and measure you but they use everything that hawkman provides or hawkeye provides hawkman hawkeye provides all the all the measurable things that Hawk, hawkeye provides to their players um and then they try to uh they use the cages available to them and the technology available to them in the cages to apply uh those lessons in a positive manner jb woodman is a diamond in the rough you are right uh quinn uh, Shecky ZX says, I'd like to see you try to access your power. Shecky ZX, you're the one who's going to access my power, baby. Uh, Quinn says, I think the Cardinals should call win up on May 12th. Use him as offensive sub when Justin Turner comes up and throw it 103 miles per hour to Goldschmidt to beat him by 10 steps. Quinn, I'm with you. The thing is, I don't think that Justin Turner is going to be available by then, right? I don't think that swelling in his head is going to come down anytime soon. Uh, but yeah, I'm a for it. Uh, I'm for it for sure. Jesse, we need to cook. I'm 24 and I've never seen a Cardinals game without Molina Pujols roster. Oh boy. Uh, Molina or Pujols on the roster. Yeah, you, you've seen some games, right? Like you've seen some games. There were some games over on the roster. A little bit of the whole says, have you been following and do you have any thoughts on former Cardinals prospects fighting for spring training jobs now? Uh, the only thing that I saw... I saw two things. You you listed Sosa, Oviedo, and Capel. Uh, I saw Oviedo had a really great start today. I saw uh, I read the article about the impact that Edmundo Sosa and the success that he's had in Phillies camp has played for them. Uh, so I am very I am I've been following that, but no, other than that, you know I I know that the National are still banking high on uh, Lane Thomas maybe having a breakout. Uh, but I have not. I, I'm usually better about that. That's usually something I do, little b-hole. But I, I have not done it bad. Uh, man, I, I am I am sorry about that. 
All right, so here's where we're at. We're at 1.35. I am finished for the evening. I wanted to be in bed long ago. Uh, so for everybody at Birds on the Black, everybody at Prospects After Dark, I raised my yingling to Cardinals Gifts. I'm glad you were here, bud. Thanks for being a part of this. To uh, everybody at Birds on the Black, everybody at Prospects After Dark, we raise our glass. Now that we've got that polished off, this is what we will try to do. Uh, my next week is going to be fucked. I'll probably be working, uh, what is it, the equivalent of 12 to 14 hour days. I'm not sure if I'll be able to do this next week. We'll try to do one next week before the season opener. Maybe we'll do it that night. We'll see. Uh, but hopefully we can get another pad in by the start of the season. Uh, and, uh, again, uh, thank thank you so much to everybody for being here, including a, a little butthole. Uh, for everybody at Birds on the Black, everybody at Prospects After Dark, uh, if you watch this, you are part of the resistance. Uh, thank you so much for being here. And as always, family, as we end spring training 2023, uh, as we come to the final week of spring training in 2023, as we watch some of these roster battles uh, come to their their final um, blow, uh, we say happy hunting. No music tonight.